When she left Earth, Ellen Ripley promised her daughter she would return home to celebrate her 11th birthday. She never made it. 15 years later, Amanda Ripley learns that the flight recorder from her mother's ship has been recovered. Amanda enters Sylvester Pool Space Station to finally solve the mystery of her mother's disappearance, only to confront an unknown menace. Alien isolation. Run. Hide. Survive. I'm Samuels. I work for the company. It's about your mother. We think we may have found her, Amanda. Alien Isolation is a 2014 survival horror video game developed by Creative Assembly, published by Sega, originally for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, with later ports to Nintendo Switch. That's a lot of SKUs. Whoa. Whoa. Alien Isolation was actually accidentally announced in 2011, when a UK government minister visited the Creative Assembly offices they have some in the UK, did you know? And revealed on his Twitter account that the studio was hiring for an alien game. What a plonker. Alistair Hope, creative lead at Creative Assembly, tongue twister right there, described his upcoming project in Alien Isolation with taking the series back to the roots of Ridley Scott's 1979 movie, The Original Survival Horror. Our alien is a truly terrifying creature, as intelligent as he is hostile, relentless, brutal and unstoppable. This is the alien game fans of the series have always wanted. Now it's worth stating that Creative Assembly had nothing to do with Colonial Marines and are actually most well known for the Total War series, which is actually a real-time strategy game. So this is quite a departure for them. I dismissed its announcement purely in the backlash and suffering inflicted by alien Colonial Marines. I didn't have a PS4 in 2014 as I was happily enjoying the PS3 Twilight years. I know what you are. It. No, not that Twilight. Anyway, I've always been of the opinion never to buy the last gen version of a cross-generational title, as it's always lacking in features that and the polish that the next gen title receives. Ha! That's oddly prescient, given that Cyberpunk's experiencing the exact same issues in the media at the moment. By the time I did have a PS4, Alien had been and gone, and I was heavily into Uncharted 4 and Shadow of Mordor. Mordor so I wasn't particularly looking backwards. It wasn't until a birthday, a good few years later, that I finally received a copy of his title. Yep, late to the pie once again. Arnie's going to be pissed. Stop whining! In this alien title, you're not playing as a gun-toting marine, or the titular alien itself, but rather Amanda Ripley, 
the daughter of the original film's protagonist, Ellen Ripley, portrayed by Sigourney Weaver. Amanda is an engineer for Wayland yutani and when approached by a synthetic, saying that the flight recorder from the Astromo, that's the vessel that her mother vanished on in the original movie, has been recovered by a salvage ship and is on its way to Sevastopol Station, Ripley accepts a place on the recovery team. Upon arrival by courier ship, it transpires that the Sevastopol has been damaged and external comms are offline. Ooh, foreshadowing. During boarding, the connection line is severed, isolating Ripley from her crewmates, and she begins to explore. From here, things go from bad to worse. Typical. The ship's synthetics have malfunctioned and are killing on sight. For a large percentage of the Sevestfold crew being already dead, survivors are armed and incredibly hostile. And to top it all off, an alien is staggering around the halls. Well, shit. I spent the initial level of this game, yep, this game runs on levels, wandering slowly around the courier ship, exploring every nook and cranny that I possibly could before aboarding the Sevestopole. Every single desk, chair, console and panel screams of the original 1979 film's aesthetic, and I love it. Even the command consoles are all black with green text. No GUIs here, that's graphical user interfaces. And I'm saying that for Dave's benefit, not for anybody else's. And amazingly, Fox provided three terabytes of high-res original concept art. Wow. Including never-seen-before works from the late Alien production designer, Ron Cobb. This included on-set photography, notes on props, costume photography, and design blueprints. Fox also allowed Crave Assembly the rights to Jerry Goldsmith's original score, which the team expanded out to two hours of game soundtrack and even recording certain cues, with a full orchestra to recontextualize them within the world of alien isolation. Holy shit. I'm almost glad that Colonial Marines shit the bed so Fox were desperate to make the next title released as something special. I'm doubtful if this data would ever have been shared if Colonial Marines was a success. I'd really need to stop bringing up Colonial Marines. Ugh. One of the best design choices in my opinion was that of the character, Amanda Ripley. Amanda was modelled on the actress that portrayed Ellen Ripley's daughter in the 1986 extended version of Aliens, not the theatrical cut, and they used images from her youth. As you will recall from the 1986 expanded version of Aliens, in one of these extended scenes, you see Ellen Ripley looking at a photo, having learnt that her daughter has grown old and died in her absence. The actress that portrayed Ellen Ripley's daughter is actually Sigourney Weaver's real-life mother, Elizabeth Inglis. This was a nice little nod back to the film series. In my mind, it's also far better than just modelling Sigourney. I'm curious why films, games and other media don't do this more often. I guess it's because they just like digitally de-aging people. I can also draw an interesting parallel to Dead Space. Both leads are engineers put into horrific situations, both searching for someone they love, in Isaac's case, his girlfriend, both have enemies known as morphs. Granted, one's a necromorph and this one's a xenomorph. The key difference between Isaac and Ripley though is that Isaac is prepared and able to twat the necromorphs. Ripley would be bloody eviscerated within seconds if she's so foolish as to try. Oh wait, I did try and I failed. One of the best things about this tile is that firstly, it's in my favourite genre, survival horror, but secondly, the entire game is in first person. Now this really amps up the feelings of stress and panic throughout gameplay. 
I would even argue this game handles survival horror much better than RE7, and I absolutely love Resident Evil 7. I spent a huge amount of lane in isolation, in a crouch and slowly moving around, trying to avoid detection and only sprinting when absolutely necessary. Typically when I heard the Xenomorph, I could never outrun it. Whereas in RE7, I was confidently strutting about the place ruining all the shit in my path. And yes, I've beat that title on the hardest difficulty, known as Madhouse, and I got the Platinum Trophy. I can say hand on heart, I don't think Alien Isolation is a title I can replicate that feat in. Holy shit, is this game tough. Speaking of tough, I started Alien Isolation on hard mode, which is something I do as standard on most games nowadays, as I've learned that typically, even if you die, you can replay certain sections and learn enemy spawn points or triggers, therefore improving your strategy upon reaching the objective, or just brute forcing your way through the fucker. Sadly, that doesn't work with isolation. The devs well and truly saw me come in on that front. To keep Alien Isolation fresh, and to truly mess with players, the developers devised what they called psychopathic serendipity. Whoa. Essentially, the alien always finds itself in the right place at the right time to ultimately mess up your plans. The way they did this was amazing. They gave the alien two sets of AI. What? One set means the alien always knows where the player is, and the other set are the hunting and sensing instincts. So, periodically, the first AI will give the alien a hint of where you are. This is done on a mechanism of menace gauge. The first AI will monitor how much pressure you're under as a player, and on some occasions, when you're at peak stress, the AI will send the alien off somewhere else to drop player stress. So this keeps your tension constant. Every time I died and respawned, the alien would act differently, so I couldn't devise a valid strategy that would work. I had to improvise constantly. Now I heard the funniest thing, thanks Tom by the way. When the alien hides, it's actually returning to its own special room to chill out in before leaving to hunt the player some more. I'd love to know what the decor of that room is. The only way to scare off the xenomorph is with a finely aimed molotov or a quick blast from your trusty flamethrower. Ah uh, yeah. Did you notice know how I said scare off rather than kill? Yep, you guessed it. You can't kill that alien at all. The bastard is too quick and can only be warded off temporarily. After grinding through three or four levels, I had to drop down the difficulty, as I was repeatedly dying, sitting through long load times, and dying again within a few minutes. And that is super frustrating. Want to know why? There's no checkpoints or quick saves in this title. Old school survival horror. You can only save at phone terminals, which give a warning if the alien is near, therefore saving is ill-advised, and the save point locks out for a set period of time after saving, so you can't even save spam. I really love how this game fucks with you. I don't want to comment too much on the game's story beyond what I've already said, but I do want to talk about the mechanics a little bit more. Ha! Mechanics. Ripley is an engineer. That's a variety of mechanic. Yeah, alright, that was terrible. Throughout the game you can collect blueprints for disposable items varying from noisemakers to medikits. This is done by collecting little bundles of scrap with certain types being committed to the item desired. This is a cool little mechanic, DIYing the equipment to need from scrap and also anything with your character's skills. Being an engineer, Ripley does have access to a portable blowtorch which can be used to cut through locked ventilation hatches, doorways and can be upgraded. I don't recommend lingering too long once you've cut the lock as the alien can hear the noise the torch makes and will come to you. Arguably, the most important piece of Ripley's arsenal is actually the motion detecting device. Yep, most famously seen in the sequel. You will spend literally hours staring at this little device. Remember, short controlled bursts. 
Eight meters. Seven. Six. Can't be. That's inside the room. It's reading right, man. Look. Well, you're not reading it right. Five meters, man. Four. What the hell? Mostly whilst hiding in lockers, or in my case, under a gurney in the medical wing, watching the alien keep stomping past. You do have access to a car wrench, or maybe that's a space wrench. Hmm, not sure on the phrase in there. You can use it as a melee weapon against the synthetics, though you'd likely be beaten to death before you've even swung the wrench for a second time. Typically, whilst a bloody synthetic is offering some reassuring words. The synthetics wandering around the Sevastopol are bloody creepy, and unlike Ash and Bishop, movie reference, these synthetics haven't been given any skin, they're just blanks, and in this game refers to them as Working Joes. As a further nod to the 79 film, the Working Joes will every so often stop what they're doing, with the exception of beating you to death, and they will jog on the spot, and those of you with sharp memories will recall that's exactly what Ash does in the original film. It's a robot! Ash is a goddamn robot! There are a couple of negative things I want to say about this game, unfortunately. One of them is that I'm running a base PS4, so my load times are slightly slow. I dare say on the PC this would run like a beast, and one day I will have a high-end gaming rig. Anyway, the other thing is the control scheme. After exploring the courier ship and then moving across to the Sevastopol, I started to realise the controls felt very awkward, especially the scroll wheel, which you use to access items and upgrades for each of those items. I found this very clumsy, and every play session I'd be battling to recall the buttons. Certainly not intuitive. Another thing I found very odd was that Ripley didn't always respond as sharply as my inputs, and my lord does she run slow. If I was running from a xenomorph in real life, and gone like the fucking flash I would, I wouldn't be casually jogging away going, yeah, can't catch me, Xeno, can't catch me. She needs to work on her cardio. You should cut down on your pool flight, mate. Get some exercise. Alien Isolation has a mate score of 81 based on 41 critic reviews, with the user score varying from 8 to 8.5 depending on the skew. The main criticism in the reviews for the title is actually the length of the game. Essentially, it's too bloody long. How often do you hear that as a criticism of a story-driven game? Normally it's complaints about the campaign's over in 4 hours, blah 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 blah. No, this game keeps on going. And I must admit myself, I was surprised at halfway through when the story felt like it had wrapped up and then it just kept on going. I actually quite liked that. I thought this game was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. However, I think to get the most out of this title, you need to be running VR and be running this on a high-end gaming PC to make use of the superior loading times and the atmosphere this game builds. However, if you don't have a high-end gaming PC, you can pick this title up for as little as a fiver from multiple online retailers and it's well worth picking up a copy and experiencing this for yourself, especially if you're a fan of the movies, or if you just enjoy a good survival horror game, this is the one for you. Anyway, this is Matt signing off from the Sevastopol. Final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew, Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett, Ash, and Captain Dallas are dead. 
cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off.